café Mike's Daily Podcast Welcome to FF episode 2614 2614 It is Mike Matthews here at Cafe Anyway Mike's Daily Podcast Somewhere in Podcastro Valley How's it going? It's been like rolling, rolling, rolling Cause it's Mike's Daily Podcast at Cafe Anyway People stop by here and then they listen to me say things like, let's see, are we getting close to the debt ceiling? Mike's Daily Podcast. Being figured out. Usually these are solved last minute. Mike's With concessions. Daily. On both sides. Podcast. It's called negotiating. Yeah. It's so wonderful. Investors are watching for the minutes of the Federal Reserve's meeting. Earlier in May, Coles and Abercrombie and Fitch, they went up 12% and 21% respectively. They had surprise profits, NVIDIA, they did really well. Venmo, do you use Venmo? I'm more of a PayPal guy. But yes, Venmo is huge. It'll officially be available for teenagers. Although many teenagers use it already, it is going to provide teenagers with more security and identity verification than is involved with a debit card. And Peloton is trying to rebrand itself as a fitness company for everyone rather than being the fancy schmancy in-home bike maker people new pricing tiers are being offered including a free option they've had their own set of problems this year as well and i uh, with the recalls right wasn't it i would never buy one of those and here's today's I've seen people buy those or something similar and it just sits in the garage collecting dust. I try not to let that happen to too many objects in my life. I try to take inventory on things that I need, that I that I should be using, things that I'm neglecting and I should start using again. That kind of thing. It's not easy, as you know. The podcast picture is uh, of a... Uh, I have absolutely no idea. Why did you even ask? But I know the late great Basil the Boxer will be happy with whatever podcast picture I pick. Oh, yes. This very nice one in Podcastro Valley. Yes, uh, we were walking near that area many, many a time when he was alive. Such a great dog. And now I have the cat. Patches and Rocky the cat. Patches the feral cat that sort of adopted us and has become kind of a indoor cat on his own. It's pretty mir- miraculous. And Rocky, who I don't know where he is here at Cafe Anyway, somewhere causing problems. Is he like a bookstore cat? Only he's a Cafe Anyway cat? Maybe. Bookstore cats are so cool. They're basically, they're not even cats. They're really just witches and warlocks that have, you know, taken a cat form. But they're in the bookstore 
looking for spells. It's true. Look it up. He said. With he said it though for the humor's sake, he said it. He wrote down that. No, he's not a writer. That's why I'm not striking. Oh, it is so bad. It is so very, very bad for the strikers right now. And it looks like no end in sight. Talk about debt ceiling negotiations. They ain't even at the table. The writers and the Netflixes and everybody. There is no conversations going at this point. And when things like this happen, it makes me take stock and realize stuff. Like when COVID hit, I'm like, well, maybe I should be washing my hands more often. Maybe I, sh- I shouldn't be standing so close to people. The six foot uh, space between us sounds like a good idea all the time. Who knows what you have even when COVID's gone. Let's just have this buffer in between us constantly. You will travel into the incredible universe. Do I want to wear masks all the time? No. But if I, I'm in a room full of people that are coughing and sneezing, heck yeah. I'm wearing a mask, even though it doesn't really protect me. But if I am sick, I will wear a mask, even though it doesn't really protect other people. At any rate, it's something. But the thing is, the other thing COVID did was it made restaurants shut down. Like cafe anyway. No, actually, we didn't shut down because we stayed, uh, we socially distanced at least 20 feet from each other here all through COVID. That's why we kept open. But, and we're very good at that. We're very disciplined, all of us. Cafe anyway patrons But no All these restaurants closed down These overpriced restaurants And then A lot of restaurants that were smart Figured out the way To make make themselves into takeout food places So people could just Pop in, get their food and leave And that became a huge thing David Chang, the cook he, he threw himself into it. He lavished in it because he would pick all these different restaurants and in one night he'd bring it all home and he'd be eaten at home with all these different restaurants that he loved. He made a big thing out of it. Found that out on Netflix. Watch that there. But it made me think too in the way that there was this COVID correction It made restaurant In the COVID, in the restaurant world anyway It made restaurants rethink Like sidewalks And do I really need the parking spaces In front of my restaurant Why don't I use that for outdoor seating For a cafe How come as a restaurant I don't have any outdoor seating Well you know they couldn't stay open If they didn't have outdoor seating They couldn't do any indoor seating So voila Outdoor seating was created And it was fantastic Because even here in California, where you have the most wonderful weather. And the late great Basil, the boxer, and I would go to restaurants. Maybe I'd stop. Yeah, I'll get a snack. Basil can have some of it. As we go outside a cafe anyway, where we bring you Mike's Daily Podcast. Somewhere in Podcastro Valley, the last place on earth. Anyway. And in Podcastro Valley, for example, very few outdoor cafes. Up until COVID hit. And then people were, oh, if I'm going to stay open, I got to have an outdoor seating area. And that was such a great thing. I love it. Now, are people still eating outside like they used to? That's up for debate. But I think we shouldn't, we should use it or we'll lose it. 
Or will we? There's always that threat looming of COVID coming back in some variation. We'll see. It just seems that uh, with the variants, we might possibly still sit outside. But what that was, was a correction in the world of COVID with the restaurants. And now with the writer's strike, it's, we had a lot of shows. Thanks to the writers. There was a lot of programming. It in fact actually hit a peak last year. There were so many programs and Netflix was green lighting so much stuff. And by stuff, I'm using a word in lieu of another word that I really should be using. Just a lot of bad stuff out there. And we now are going backwards as far as the amount of programs. Programs are now, well, A, they're not being made at all because of the writer's strike, but as of last year, when Netflix saw a bunch of subscribers leave, because they were like, what the heck? There's nothing to watch on Netflix. What's this awful show? What's that awful show that they've greenlighted? And so the amount of programs decreased for the first time in many years. And Netflix lost subscribers for the first time in a decade. So now the writers aren't writing. That's going to be even less shows that are being made. No shows are going to be made now without the writers. My point being, there's just there was just too stuff needed to change. Just like with the restaurant world, stuff needed to change. And maybe this is something we should take it as a cue. As a message, as a blaring alarm That maybe we should stop watching Or allowing This much programming Or we don't really allow it, do we? We more Do we incentivize it? Do we actually watch all this stuff? Who knows? But apparently 500 hours of videos Is uploaded to YouTube every minute So a lot of people are going to go there YouTube subscription business is growing. Every day people watch 1 billion hours of video, 2.6 million monthly view users of YouTube or viewers or viewsers as a motorcycle drives by here. That guy's hopefully not watching YouTube outside a cafe anyway, somewhere in Podcaster Valley, the last place on earth. Their revenue was $40 billion over the last 12 months. Their ad revenue was $29 billion, which puts its subscription revenue at $11 billion. That's roughly a third of the $31.5 billion in streaming revenue that Netflix generated in 2022. Wow. And that's Netflix. And you pay for Netflix. YouTube just introduced an unskippable 30-second ad. Ugh. It's annoying. As well as ads that show up when content is paused. The front panel will close automatically. I watched, I, I cut the cord years and years ago. It was the late O's. No, actually it was the mid O's I cut, I cut the cord. Because our local cable company was just insane with their rates. So I said, let's just stop getting cable. Let's just get internet. 
Oh yeah, that's right. We got internet for free because we were in a duplex and we were using the next door neighbor's Wi-Fi code password that they gave us. So we weren't paying anything. It was awesome. And we watched a lot of Hulu. Well, and we rented a lot from Blockbuster back then. They were doing that thing where you'd rent a movie and then when you brought it back, you got another one for free. Is that how that worked? There was some kind of exchange going on, swapping out. Then Netflix came along with their DVD plan, which was it was mailed to you. That's right. And Blockbuster had a similar thing. So we switched to Netflix. This is before streaming. Streaming was awful back then. It took forever. Stuff buffered. It didn't look so good. But then uh, Hulu came along and they were doing some great streaming and it was free. And they didn't have that many commercials at the beginning. And after a while, by 2007, 2008, 2009, it was just crazy the amount of commercials they were playing. And then Hulu said, no, we're going to start charging you. Oh, they had that plan where you could watch Hulu and not have as many ads if you paid and I tried that and I still had ads so I don't know what was going on but yes so that's the unfortunately what writers are dealing with their pay has not increased the actors that are starring in the programs that they're writing in the shows that they're or movies that they're writing they're making even more than ever so there is this wonky, mismanaged, unbalanced industry. I'll tell you, radio is the same way. I don't have too much compassion for them in that I am also... Well, I have compassion for everybody. I should rephrase that. But in my world that I live in, I, in the radio world, we don't make any money. <laughs> We've been abused for years. So that's where I come from. So YouTube viewed in the living room on TV is, a, is growing quickly. I've been doing that for at least the past five years. Actually, just before COVID hit, I got my little flex box for free from Comcast Xfinity. And after that, I was watching YouTube all the time on that. But before that, I had a laptop that I plugged into my flat screen and would watch YouTube that way. And I cut the cord with Netflix in 2000, late 2017, beginning of 2018. And a few months later, and I was very happy because for, for a couple of months, I was just watching YouTube through my laptop. And then I met my lovely lady friend <laughs> and we're watching her Netflix and her Amazon Prime and watching mostly British stuff. But it is through that experience that I say, because I cut the cord with Netflix. I was done with Netflix in 2017. I was, I, I don't want to watch another murder thing. I don't want to watch these just gratuitous, crappy shows. Well, there's one other interesting story, and I pulled these from Rob Black. I produce his show, Rob Black and Your Money. And he had all these interesting stories. And one other interesting thing he pointed out is that Hilton Marriott, they're having a war 
big hotel companies, Hilton and Marriott, over extended stay lodging and Airbnb and VRBO, America's two biggest hotel chains, are fighting over a newly prioritized extended stay hotel or the hotel company uh, that cater to guests seeking week-long visits. The lodging class is among the hottest in the post-pandemic work-from-anywhere world. Both chains are launching new as-yet-unnamed extended-stay brands due sometime next year. They're going to counter the more homely amenities found in Airbnb and VRBO with the extended-stay hotel rooms typically featuring larger floor plans, full-sized refrigerators, cooktop stoves, and in-unit dishwashers at the expense of housekeeping and room service menus, basically getting what you would get at an Airbnb or a VRBO. But they would basically construct it. They would make these huge, nice hotel rooms. So that means fewer full-time employees reduced overhead costs In 2022, extended-stay lodging scored occupancy rates of nearly 75%, well above the 63% rate of hotel rooms overall. Right now, Marriott is charging at least 80 bucks a night for a nightly rate. Hilton is more like $100 a night. The average daily rate for U.S. hotel rooms last year was $149. So that is Hilton taking on Airbnb and Marriott taking on VRBO. And we're outside of Cafe Anyway, somewhere in Podcastro Valley, the last place on earth. Look who's here. Hello, Michael That's great. You know, the last podcast was entitled Batch. Yes, Michael Massey, what did you call me? No, it was Batch. And yes, it was fascinating. And we had this beautiful picture of a sunset in Pleasanton. And you can see it at mikesdailypodcast.com. See that picture now. Do you like the website, Madame Rudabiga? Yes. Do you like to stay in Airbnbs? Yes. Do you like to fish? No. You know, not everybody likes to fish, but... The thing Airbnb does is that experience thing. You can pay for an experience. (laughs) That gets a little dicey, and I'm wondering why there isn't more uh, legal issues that get crossed and more, uh, I don't know, lawsuits happening with Airbnb than there are. But there was this interesting experience up in Shasta, that my lovely lovely lady friend and I paid for where a lady that had a little farm, she uh, let us meet her horse and we got to pet the horse and actually comb the horse and we paid for that. But the thing was, the catch was the horse would help us uh, emotionally and the horse had some kind of spiritual, mystical presence. Yeah. So it was a little bit of your supernatural mixed in with a a horse visit. The horse was very nice. His name was Doc Happy. 
And after we met Doc Happy, we felt calm. It was more the lady talking to us and asking us, you know, to just, we, it was more of a meditation, meditating as beautiful farm and you could see Shasta off in the distance Mount Shasta and just a beautiful calm quiet kind of like these birds chirping in the background very quiet and it was restful and she was very nice so (laughs) that's what they offer on Airbnb you might be listening to this on May 26th and speaking of traveling to places all over California or near to where you are, today is National Road Trip Day. And I certainly plan on taking a road trip, maybe not today, because May 26th, which is Friday here in 2023, is also going to be one of the busiest travel days of the year because of Memorial Day weekend. So be careful on the roads. It is also going to be today... National Blueberry Cheesecake Day. That sounds great. And National Don't Fry Day. And it's a Friday, but don't fry is what they're saying. Yeah, I try to do, you know, staying away from oils is a good idea. Or if you have a, uh, what do you call it? A nonstick, a special nonstick pan. You don't need oil and you can cook without adding all the calories and the bad heart stuff that oil does to you and to your arteries and all of that. You can avoid all that if you have a nonstick pan and you're not using oil and stuff. Look who else is here. Hello there, Mike. This is Valentino, the banking attendant. And this is Bison Bentley. Do you know that? Mike, we was waiting here forever for you to get this day. Yeah, waiting. Do you know that? Yes. Sorry, guys. I just needed to get all that out about the wonders of... Because I was cooking a couple things this week without using oil. But this wonderful pan. It's not even a pan. It's its like a ceramic cooking... I, I get that for lack of a better word, pan? Pot? I don't know. Cafe, I don't know. Cafe anyway. But yes. So hopefully that's helping my heart. And hopefully I've helped you help your heart. Ooh, I wanted to get to this real quick. This is something I discovered, this article, and I had forgotten. I found it in a bunch of emails that I had saved. And this is from three years ago, just three years ago. This article was in the Huffington Post, and it was entitled, Please Don't Believe These Coronavirus Scams and Advice. That's where we were three years ago, just to remind you. It says, For the past couple of months, fear and anxiety have been building over the novel coronavirus and the respiratory diseases it causes, known as COVID-19. Remember when every single article and news story had to explain all that? People have raced to grocery stores to pick up anything that might cut their risk of contracting the virus. There are barely any face masks available, a limited supply of disinfectant wipes, and you'd be lucky to find a bottle of hand sanitizer in most places. That's where we were March 20th of 2020. Wow. That's what it... Now there's there's so much hand sanitizer everywhere that... and. 
now people aren't using it. That was the other thing during coronavirus. I was like, well, yeah, maybe we should not only clean our hands or wash them in the bathroom, but we should sanitize them from time to time throughout the day because we pick up so many things. Our hands want to tend to scratch our faces sometimes or rub our eyes or, you know, then that was the other thing. Don't rub your eyes. We had to train ourselves not to do that. Maybe that was a good thing that we should keep doing. This article says, meanwhile, certain individuals and companies have cashed in on our fears of sharing advice and selling products that can allegedly keep us safe from COVID-19. Most, if not all, of these claims are fake. We don't have a preventative vaccine yet, nor do we have any scientifically proven way to destroy COVID-19 once it's in our bodies. The best way to... That's, that's where we were in 2020. People forget that. And then as soon as we get a vaccine, oh my gosh, don't take the vaccine. It'll kill you. Wait, what? We were spending all these months wishing for a preventative vaccine. And then we finally got it. The best way to stay safe right now is by social distancing and good old-fashioned hand-washing. That's where we were before the vaccine. That's crazy. Here are the main scams and myths we're seeing that you should watch out for. Questionable DIY hand sanitizer recipes. Due to the global hand sanitizer shortage... The World Health Organization recently published a recipe for a DIY hand sanitizer. While that recipe is completely safe and legitimate, others have since shared their own hand sanitizer recipes. Uh, An effective hand sanitizer needs to be 70% pure ethanol or 140 proof, which is a much higher ethanol concentration than any sort of alcohol you'd find in a liquor store. So don't use vodka. Plus, if you do make your own hand sanitizer, it's not totally guaranteed to work. Even a made properly an ethanol solution is not 100% guaranteed to keep you safe. During the SARS epidemic, people could still contract the disease despite using ethanol disinfectants. And there's really no way to make your own hand sanitizer, said infectious disease expert Amesh Adachala. Hey, look, my lovely lady friend's here. Hey. Hi. I was just going back in time to three years ago when the hit song was by The Weeknd and Blinding Lights. Was that the hit song? I don't know. Adele came out with Hello. When was this? No. That was three years ago. It was after. Oh, it was? Yeah, wasn't it? Pink had her song called... uh, that, that one pink song the, a million dreams must keep me awake and all that is that part of a movie soundtrack that probably was was it uh, oh and then there was Justin Timberlake and then there was Rocky the cat he doesn't like Justin Timberlake no apparently well I was just looking at this <laughs> this is an article you sent me years ago Oh. And three years ago. And I was just going back, remembering how scared we were and how we were trying everything <laughs> to not get sick. And we were trying all these recipes. And that's why the Huffington Post came out with this article about what you should not do and that these are all scams. Oh. Like herbal remedies. Rebidi- reb- 
honeysuckle, cinnamon twig, and peony root. Okay. Huh. Twitter is also all in on garlic right now, asserting that the herb has antimicrobial and antiviral properties. And drinking water to kill the virus, that was another scam. I didn't hear that one. Gulping down water can push the novel coronavirus into your stomach where your stomach acids will kill it. Well, I mean, here's the thing. That is mostly bonkers. I said. don't know. I'm not a doctor or a scientist, so I don't know if any of these things, in fact, do prevent the virus. But when we got sick, love, I swear by the teas that we were drinking. Oh, that's right. I think it really did help shorten the time. And, of course, we had we had our, our vaccines. So that all contributes. But I think I think they do offer some benefit i don't i don't think that they prevent you from getting sick mm-hmm. I, well, I don't know maybe they do but i think we benefited from trying to put that yeah. we ate a <laughs> we ate a bunch of garlic <laughs> we did garlic and ginger yes i was cooking with a lot of garlic and ginger we were making teas with ginger and honey and lemon like three times a day Wow. And that really helped with, I know with me, it helped with my congestion. Uh, well, I never got a fever. It says in this article that intestines actually have more of the virus receptor than the lungs and would offer a potential route of access to the bloodstream and the important organs. So you wouldn't want to deliberately introduce the virus into the, the digestive tract. How would you do that? Staying hydrated is a good idea in general. But yeah. water is not going to fight the illness no. by itself. No, I agree. And then there was all the people using latex lo- uh, gloves. Did we ever do that? I don't think we did. <laughs> I know I my mom did. I don't like, really? <laughs> she did. I didn't like the way they smelled. Oh. Well, was, some people are allergic to latex. Uh, latex gloves are not sturdy and rip and tear easily. I don't suspect people wear them that well. And I suspect they get tears and tears in them and people don't even realize they got tears in them, said one expert. So it's a false sense of security. Oh, I'm I'm sure a lot of people with the um, surprised children can attest to that. <laughs> and then they were saying that that China avoid packages from China. What the hell, really? Yes. Though coronaviruses may seem tough, they're actually quite delicate. Uh, work, keeping a coronavirus intact is no easy task. Once the virus is outside the body, the clock is ticking and the amount of intact virus drops pretty quickly. Uh, that, so there's really no way it would have survived from China. That was one of the beliefs. And uh, CBD is medicine. <laughs> there was that to fight coronavirus. Uh, well, again, it's one. It's just like those herbal things. I mean, it pro- it probably can help with pain relief. But mm-hmm. are there studies that like? What are the studies? Uh, let me look at them all. Okay, <gasps> yeah, there is a lot of studies. Because CBD has been used for pain management, but yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if there's 
any studies that back it being used as like an antiviral or <laughs> what would you like to say <laughs> the microphone the microphone decided to run away <laughs> it's okay. done all right well that's interesting and the one bit of advice it gave this article from the huffington post three years ago it said the word pandemic has the power to conjure up frightful images from movies and the distant past Remember outbreak or what was the other big one uh contagion contagion yes there one um the, the now this person in this article they were wrong but the situation today is more controllable than at the peak of the outbreak in china just over a month ago <laughs> wrong there it got way out of hand uh instead of wasting your time and money on scammy products or bad advice listen to the experts wash your hands with soap and water yeah. avoid touching your face and practice social distancing oh and disinfect surfaces remember how we used to yeah disinfect all the time every surface we'd be wiping it down and every place had hand sanitizer yeah they still do yeah that's true everywhere i go i still use it mm-hmm. everyone i think that's a habit we shouldn't break mm-hmm. and it says here finally if you do get sick please take make a telehealth appointment and isolate yourself until you recover oh i had so many employees isolate and then leave me to do their job and all that fun stuff. Ugh. Love, we both got sick at the same time. It was no fun. No. The first week was the hardest. For, the first few days of the first week was the hardest for me. How about you? Yes. Yeah, the coughing. Mm-hmm. And then the, 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 the weird stomach stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then I got that weird ear thing about a week oh, yeah. later. Yeah. And it didn't clear up for three months. And you had a fever. Yeah. Right? Oh, God, did I have a fever. I got so hot. Oh, my gosh. Got a fever of 103. Thank you, baby, for being on my podcast. You're welcome, man. Mike Staley, Mike Staley podcast. Yeah. And people can call and share their stories or dis- COVID stories or tell us other things that's on their minds at 510-228-4640. And with more ways to reach me, it's A-Frame. Mike's Daily Podcast is written and produced and performed by Mike Matthews. His podcast is super easy to find. Download or listen to his show and read his blog at mikesdailypodcast.com. Email Mike now. Mike's Daily Podcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow. Bye.